This week, we're jumping back into the hospitality industry with my friend, Will, yet another former bar manager I sold beer to back in the day, but we kept a friendship with over the years. In this episode, Will shares his story of 2020 and about how he had saved up money to travel for a few months, leaving his bartending gig in mid-February. He would find himself at his parents' house in Orlando, Florida, when we went into lockdown. He made the best of it and was able to enjoy his mother's cooking until returning to Philly in June. When he came back to Philly, he went back to work bartending and serving, but it was all just too much. His anxiety worsened and he knew he needed to take a step back. Since Will loves riding his bike, he started working for Caviar, delivering food on his bike. I joked that he was able to burn off all those calories from his mom's home-cooked meals, but this was a way for him to keep working until he felt comfortable enough returning to in-person dining. I checked in with Will this week to see how things were going at Emmy Squared, where he has been working since he got fully vaccinated earlier this year. He said things have been slower than usual, and I personally wonder if it's due to folks' comfort level with indoor dining at establishments that do not require proof of vaccination. Emmy Squared is currently just implementing the mask mandate. However, that will all change come January 3rd. This week, the city of Philadelphia announced that starting January 3rd, 2022, all indoor eating and drinking establishments will need to require a proof of vaccination. I watched the press conference and I must say I was deeply disappointed with how dismissive our mayor was when asked about violence towards hospitality workers. The subject even comes up in this episode as Will shares how wonderful and understanding the clientele at Emmy Squared has been versus a lot of the horror stories we've heard about over the last two years. Asking folks to wear their mask or present their proof of vaccination should not result in staff being met with rudeness or violence. But as I've said before, we have continued to see the very best and unfortunately the very worst in humanity. Which is exactly why I love being able to highlight the very best here on Beyond the Venue podcast. My guests bring me joy and I'm glad I'm able to give them a platform to tell their stories. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy the following episode, The Secret Ingredients to Service. Hustle and Communication with Will Monroe. My guest today is my friend, Will Monroe. He is currently the lead server at Emmy Squared here in Philadelphia. He is a self-described geek who loves video games, anime, and superhero films. And I hear he is also an excellent cook. So Will and I met back in 2015 uh, I was still working at Flying Fish at the time. You were the bar manager at Triangle Tavern here in South Philadelphia. Correct. And mm-hmm. you kind of caught me at the time. I think I visited you the first time, maybe on a ride along when I was working with my molar rep. And yep. I think I, I promised you samples. And I, you know, since I didn't live that far away, I remember going home to get the samples, but it was also the week that we were moving were like gearing up to move and my head was not in the game I ended up <laughs> when, I went, when I went home to get the samples I remember like accidentally sideswiping my across the street neighbor uh on our little oh my god I forgot street. about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like leaving a note for him and saying I'm so sorry this is 100% my fault and like leaving you the samples but it's like oh, I should probably stick around and just have these with you because <laughs> <laughs> just need to calm down for a hot second. But we, yeah. you know, then I would turn around and leave the brewery and go to the wholesaler side. And so I'd still get to work with you and just really enjoyed, you know, I, I guess as you know, you can see a lot of my guests are former bartenders and bar managers turned friends that, you know, we would just make plans to hang out um, every once in a while and come visit you wherever you're working, but also 
hang out socially. So yeah, I you know- definitely made an impression. <laughs> um, and it's always been a joy to like work with you. So you were like, you were like, the, yeah, you're the only rep that I would like stop what I'm doing and I'll like go talk to you <laughs> and, and then order some beers. If I, even if, if, even if I didn't need to order any beer, I'll just always stop to like, just come talk to you. The loudest voice always wins, right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we first met, I know that you had only been in Philly for a couple of years. Tell me about, um, I know you're originally from Florida. So how, how did you end up in Philadelphia? Actually, I'm originally from Puerto Rico. Oh, oh, getting corrected. Okay, tell me more. <laughs> so I was born in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Um, and by the age of nine, we moved to Orlando, Florida, where I pretty much grew up. There I met my best friend, Nathan and Tika, um, who are currently now in Philly as well. Um, but by the time I was 24, um, Nathan decided to move to Philadelphia because he has family there. And I decided to move to Providence, Rhode Island to go back to school. So we separate our ways. Tika stayed in Florida. And in about five years living in Providence, I would always like, I pretty much went to Philly like three to four times a year to see Nathan. And then by the, by the end of my time in Providence, Nathan was like, Hey, I need a roommate. And I was like, see you in a few months. <laughs> I'm in. Sounds good. <laughs> and is it, is it yeah. Johnson and Wales? Is that where you went to school in Providence? I did. I did go to Johnson and Wales. I did a few years of um, international business. I don't Long story short, I wanted to get my bachelor's in culinary. I have an okay. associate's in, in culinary. But they won't accept my credits. So I was just like, oh, you know what? I'll just start all over. And okay. Yeah. Got too expensive, though. So that's why I dropped out. Fair enough. I Going to Drexel, I had a lot of friends that didn't come back after freshman year. So. Oh, glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> it is common. <laughs> all right. So you ended up in Philly because your friends were already here. Um, and oh, then. Oh, then we probably like the, around the time I met you we convinced our friend Tika to move to Philadelphia because she was still down in Orlando. And Orlando. then how did, how did Justin come into the mix? Cause I know he's, he's oh. as well. Yes. Uh, Justin came before I did and was living with Nathan. Once, once Justin moved in with his girlfriend, Gina, that's when Nathan asked me like, Hey, do you want to move to Philly? And I was like, okay. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're in a little Orlando family here. <laughs> a lot of little <laughs> transplants. And you've definitely made a home for yourself here in Philadelphia. Um, so where, where did you end up working when you first got here? So Amy Hartramp, you know Amy, right? Yes. Uh, you, you know I know Amy. Yeah, of course yeah, I yeah, know yeah. Amy. Um, she was the first friend I made in Philadelphia. She was literally the first person I met because her and Nathan were hanging out. Ah, yes. And for our listeners who can't see the air quotes, um, we'll, we'll just give us the hanging out air quotes. I think we can read that on that one. Sorry, um, Amy. <laughs> so uh, I met her right when I got off the train station. Well, I met her at Tattooed Moms, and she fed me a lot of Jameson. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. That's friends ever oh. since. Yes. Um, anyway, so she was the one that got me my first job at a kitchen as a barista. Oh, okay. And I knew that you had a yeah. background in coffee or a passion for coffee. Uh, I do definitely have a background for coffee. Um, did a lot of competitions, latte art, 
and uh, also did once a really big one to Northeastern Barista Regional Competition. I forget what year that was. But like, you know, I had a panel of judges. I like, it was a quarter online. It was, it was definitely an experience. It was a tense, I'll say that. What was the creation that you made for the competition? So I can't remember the name of the shot that I made, but it was basically an espresso shot with house-made vanilla syrup layered with um, soy milk. So you just take the whole thing, and it was cold, sweet, hot at the same time. Okay. Yeah. We used to do that back at Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Got to keep the good times going. So oh, yeah. where? So you ended up at A Kitchen as a barista, and then how long were you there for? Um, I don't think I was even there for a year. Almost no. I, I ended up getting a job at Wells Fargo as a contractor. Interesting. My first office okay. job. Yeah, yeah. And I say I still like worked one day on the weekend at A Kitchen. Okay. Just to because the pay wasn't enough. Right. Um, but then eventually. Yeah, I think I was there over a year at a kitchen. But then eventually, like, I finally got a serving job at Capafito. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And Capafito was the spot that was at Third and Chestnut that was part of, like, the fire damage from several years ago. Were you, yes. Yeah. And you had you already left by the time that happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I had left by the time that happened. Yeah. Okay. Um, but that was the job that led me to become a manager, my first managing job. You were managing at Capofito. Yeah. They were like, okay. hey, do you want to be our GM? And I was like, as long as you train me, I'll do it. Because I like to work, you know? And uh, yeah, that's how it all started. All right. And then you made the move over to Triangle Tavern where I'd get to meet you? Correct. Yep. Awesome. And then um, I know you had left there, I guess, because like with Triangle Tavern, it's a... Uh, um, a group, so they own like a bunch of other restaurants, and I I feel like they were placing you at a couple different other spots, and then I I feel like in our conversations at some point you're just like I think I'm ready to move on and do something else. Is that when you there's there's a lot of like manager friends that I've had over the years that are done. They they're like I need a break from managing. That I just want to go back to serving. I just want to go back to bartending. That um, the amount of I don't know, pressure, responsibility, like a lot that falls on the shoulders of a restaurant or bar manager. Just sometimes it's like, you know what? I need to take a a safety break. Yeah, yeah. So at that point, because they they asked me to, at Triangle, they were like, we can't afford your salary. Um, Can you manage Dos Segundos? I was like, I feel I don't have a choice. And now that I reflect on it, I should have been more honest in my exit interview. Because I just said, I have this opportunity, blah, 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 blah. But I really should have said, like, asking me to manage two restaurants, it's just it's that's too much. very far apart. Right. That's too much. But um, that's when I went back to Amy. Because <laughs> Amy was, was the Pro-Tap. general manager at ProTap, Provision Taproom. And that's where I first Pro-Vision. met her. I was her sales rep when she came on board and absolutely mm-hmm. loved working with her. So I love that you guys were friends yeah. and we, you know, we went out a couple times, had you guys over at my house for dinner. Um, oh yeah. That was, yeah, that and, was she's, and she was the prohibition for a long time. Um, she, and she five, just left four or five to, years, I think that's, that's a very long time. And 
uh, I was surprised yet not surprised when she said she was going to go work for Brandon at uh, Middle Child Clubhouse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was like, good for you. That kind of classic, you know what? I need a break for management. Let's go do something new for a little bit. So we should go visit her. I'd absolutely. We were just there for um, the soft opening this past Saturday. So fantastic. Oh, how was it? Fantastic sandwiches as always. And, um, you know, Brandon's cocktail program, I think is going to be really good. It's, he had given us the heads up that, I don't know if the liquor license wasn't activated yet or if they just weren't doing liquor sales yet or, or what the situation was. Um, but he said no booze just yet, but he was sending us his creations across the bar of, okay, I'm testing this out. What do you think? And it's like, yes, I will absolutely be your taste tester. (laughs) (laughs) But wait, if it's like just friends and family, they're obviously not charging people. He could have just, it wasn't. So that was the thing I, he had texted me and it said, soft opening that and we had talked about it a couple weeks ago that they did want to do some sort of almost like putting on a performance where the staff needs to go through these motions and kind of figure out logistics and how things work because it's not set up like a classic sit-down restaurant so for a lunchtime you go up at breakfast and lunch you go up and order at the counter and place your order there and pay and that's when they check your vaccination card and your id and then you get, it, instead of a number, it's like a little name tag kind of thing on the long uh, like placeholders. And you take it to right. it right. wherever you'd like. And they bring you out your food when it's ready. And then if you want any alcoholic beverages, you just order them from the bar. So since it's okay. a little bit different, instead of having a server, um, just wanted the staff to kind of get a feel of like how to do things with actual customers coming in the door. So since it wasn't your classic friends and family, which uh, we talked about in the episode with um, Saul, when I got to go to the friends and family at destination dogs, it's like order off the menu, order drinks, you know, it's all on the house tip generously. (laughs) (laughs) um, With this Brandon's text message did say, soft opening so gotcha okay i i misunderstood the concept of the soft opening and thought we were getting complimentary sandwiches so it's totally happy to pay you know not a big deal i'll pay all day for middle child sandwiches but um just you know (laughs) another reading in between (laughs) the lines that i i misread the cues on that one i really miss destination dogs and (sighs) such a great place I, uh, one of the things I would always rib Saul about was their, um, frozen aviations. And the second that that machine stopped working, I was like, I don't know what to do with myself. So he, <laughs> he did say in his episode that, um, I think he's trying to get that set up at Philadelphia distilling, uh, cause he bartends there oh. on Sundays. Oh, that's great. That's Which would make know. perfect sense with their signature blue coat gen. So yeah, um, absolutely. Yet another place we can go visit. <laughs> yeah, I will be. I I will be off Sundays uh, next week, so you can definitely hang out. I love it. I love it. Um, so let's fast forward a little bit to um, March of 2020. Where were you working at the time? Um, you know what? Did, what did things look like? Because I know it was a very, very, very difficult time for all of us hospitality folks. Yeah. So. I'm not gonna, I won't try to make a long story, but 
by mid-February, I left Prohibition Taproom. And I saved money to go traveling for a few months. And, well, that did not really happen. <laughs> I did make it to Puerto Rico for a week. Okay. Um, but by the time I came back and I went to Orlando, Florida to see my parents. And then by that time, lockdown happened. So I was in Orlando, Florida, in my parents' house by March. Oh. And bored out of my mind. Yeah. Oh, that is brutal. Yeah. Yeah. How how long were you stuck death, in Florida for? I didn't get back until June. Wow. Yeah. So a lot of video games, a lot of anime, and a lot of uh, superhero flicks. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of eating. My my parents like to eat heavy. Um, well, I guess you do. Well, I know that you're a, a good cook. Was there sharing of the cooking responsibilities uh, throughout the household? Or was this, I'm home, so I'll just take advantage of um, not having to do the work this time around? <laughs> I, I cooked a few times, but, I, you know, it's I love my mom's cooking. She Her Puerto Rican cuisine is, like, so good. And I, took a, I definitely took advantage of that. Um, yeah, but heavy, heavy food. Were you still responsible for your rent here in Philadelphia uh, while you were at your parents' house? Yes. Oh, that's yeah. brutal. Yeah. I had to PayPal him a couple months. I like I left like three checks to my roommates being like, hey, just send these out with yours for just do me a favor. And uh, yeah, I had to PayPal him like a couple months worth of rent. Yeah. And then by the time you got back to Philadelphia, what was, did, did you go back to ProTap when you, when you got back? I actually did. Amy offered me my job back. And um, when we reopened, it was literally just her and I. And, you know, it was a lot of work, a lot of like, hey, just wear your mask, please. Even though we're doing, it was all outdoors. It's like, if you're approaching us, please wear your mask. Um, but it got to a point where I like didn't feel comfortable to be bartending and serving. I completely understand that. Like since COVID, I think like my anxiety has been so high, like little mini anxiety attacks, and <clears throat> um, I just going back to work just. Kick that up one more notch. I was like, oh, I, I, need I to believe just, like, that. Not. But um, is do you do you have any? Is there anything you kind of do to take a step back, or um, when these anxiety attacks come on? Like I, I know I had gotten them a couple times over the last year and a half. That for me, um, one really bad one that I had, I ended up just making myself some tea and binge watching the entire. I think it was the Philadelphia season of Queer Eye. <laughs> that was it was it was the greatest uh kind of quote unquote comfort blanket I could have done for myself to just mm -hmm. take a beat and and enjoy something calming, peaceful, and just so lovely when it's it's hard not to fixate on so many terrible things that are just kind of impacting us all at once and humanity either being super awesome or super terrible. Yeah, I would. Um, I would also make myself tea, but I did a lot of like breathing exercises just to like sit back, just get back, you know, 
get my emotions normal and and yeah get out of my head it's oh i i don't know how like i i've been fortunate of with my particular role like there hasn't been as much like customer interaction per se like there were several clients that i never even met in person like everything was set up over zoom and phone calls and emails and it's it's just blows my mind what just so many like customer facing people have had to go through during this and ah just i know you ended up walking away from from protap for a little while when just because it got to be too much so what what was next? I decided to do deliveries on my bicycle with uh, through DoorDash. I thought that'd be, I like riding my bike already. Like I thought it'd be a good way to just make Burn some money. Burn off all those home cooked meals. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Get back in a fighting shape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but man, that was rough too. That was really rough. Um, especially during the winter time. But, um, at first, when it was just caviar, I made money. Mm-hmm. But until like DoorDash bought them out, then the money was just not not con- uh, consistent enough. Like if I my 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 uh, route was like I start from South Philly, go to Midtown, and then I'll just stay around that area. But if I see like five other delivery drivers just on their phone on their bikes waiting for orders, I'm I'm just like. I, it's not a busy night. I'm just going to go home. Like, why would I, you know, I would spend like one to two hours riding around getting no deliveries. And yeah. So that lasted until, uh, oh my God, I guess March. Was it March? Of 2021. Oh, wow. You stuck it out for that long. Oh yeah, I did. I did. Well, I was going to get, I did interview at, um, uh, I forget what brunch place it is on point bistro. Is that a place? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I was going to start working there, but right, like right after my interview or I got hired, um, the city banned indoor dining. Ah, uh, yeah. Again. Do you remember yes. that? Yeah. Was that, um, so. uh, November was like shut down 2.0 where they were like shutting yeah. everything yeah. down. Uh, cause mm-hmm. I remember specifically, I had clients that were supposed to have very intimate, very tiny, like one was just an elopement. So it was just going to be the couple. The other one was going to be a 10 person dinner at a venue, um, that we had to shut it all down. Um, because they said this was going to go on essentially through the holidays. So I, yeah. I remember that, <laughs> I remember that <laughs> press conference and thinking, Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. And I understand yeah. why that decision was made because we were going into the holidays and I think so many people were just not taking the virus seriously enough and not adhering to if you're going to see your family stay outside and you know you there was a great concern for large families getting together and how many stories did we hear of things happening over the holidays because people weren't following the rules. It's how, how quickly were you able to get vaccinated? Um, I actually took my time. Um, I felt like I, I waited until like all the older people got vaccinated. Um, I got vaccinated right, right, right beginning of my time at any squared actually. 
Okay, so when did you end so up like, starting with them? Um, Mid-April. Okay. Yeah, mid-April. So by that point, I finally got vaccinated. Went to the TLA, got my two shots, and yeah. That came up on season one of the podcast where um, Kylie from Punch Media PR, she's like, it was oh, I love her. absolutely insane going to the TLA to get her COVID shot because she's used to going to, um, going for shows. And so I think we were joking about, it's probably the first time she's ever been there either sober or with the house lights on. And, uh, she tells this hysterical story of how, I guess there was a bouncer at the door just to kind of, you know, make sure everything's in order. And she was prepared for like a pat down. (laughs) He's like, no, (laughs) no security check here. Just head on inside. Um, that was actually my first time in TLA was to get my vaccine. Oh, that's crazy. I guess I, yeah, I've also been here for 21 years. So, um, definitely seen a show or two there in my day. So tell me about what dating life has been like since March of 2020. Uh Well, um, it's very bleak. I would say, um, um, I did date someone who I met shortly after returning to Philly through Grinder, whatever. Um, but we dated for a few months and then, um, uh, it ended because I was, well, <laughs> he judged me for doing DoorDash in a way. Ooh. He that's was rough. like, is, yeah, yeah. Cause I told him, like, you know, I don't feel comfortable bartending right now and serving people. I just want to, like, you know, drop off food and go my and like you know and go on and one day he was like so is doordash your future wow i was like uh, yeah i was like no dude like it's just what i want to do at the moment like it's a it's a pandemic wow you can get to work at home and be safe i'm not and then um i was gonna ask him to be my boyfriend but then that day he was like so we're friends right <laughs> now did you did you stay like, friends with this person or did you did you move right along i moved along so yeah. and then ever since ever since then it's like i'll meet a person every now and then but um dating's rough yeah i'm even trying facebook dating it's awful it's uh i early on in the pandemic i think it had been a couple months and so maybe it was like the summer because i remember i had my windows down and i was driving up broad street I think we were stopped at stoplight and this guy kind of like yells into my car window. I think he said, at what point is it? um, Do you think it's safe to have a one night stand during COVID? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The light turned green and I I just drove off cracking up because it's like, (laughs) probably not because it's a virus that could theoretically kill you. But at the same time, you know, I, 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 I was not going to get into a lengthy conversation about this with a complete stranger, but, um, you know, I, I, I guess uh, being almost 40, like I don't have a whole lot of single friends. And so I'm, I'm not very, I guess, kind of privy to what your experiences have been like lately and oh, all these apps. I don't know how y'all do it. I, I remember trying <laughs> and match for about six months and wanting to, throw my computer through a window because it was just <laughs> so 
obnoxious and overwhelming. And I just didn't want to talk to any of these people. And I just, I didn't appreciate that process at all, but it made me just yeah. not care. And then Bob happened. So yeah, it's, yeah. I just, I, I empathize with anyone who has to deal with all of this. Since uh, moving to my own place, I have re-downloaded re Grindr. And uh, yeah, I've been, you know, I'm having my fun. I'm glad there's an option. Fully, where you can fully vaccinated, fun. And you, yeah, and exactly. I know that you, you know, you've lived with roommates for so long, and um, you recently did get a place to yourself. So how? And I believe that you're living close to work. So do you, do you think you're going to be at yes. any squared for a while? I would like to. Yes, I really enjoy working there. Um, we've been lucky to have great guests come by. Like no big issues because I've, I've heard stories of. Um, in Northern Liberties of like people coming up drunk and, and the staff asking them to put their mask on. And then someone punches a host. I will not say what place this was, but someone punched the host bartender comes out to like, see what happened. And on there, they see this fist coming to their side and like they were able to dodge it fortunately. And now they have to have bouncers at their restaurant. For the weekends or the evenings, I would say. Um, but I've heard this. I've, I don't know if it's because of Northern Liberties, but I've been hearing like this stories of acts of violence towards staff. I think so, it's happening all over the country. That I mean, you look at flight attendants and stories of hospitality staff being accosted, and I don't understand oh, yeah. what it is about this pandemic that people were already if you already weren't wearing a mask and now people are just being worse about it and acting with out, just acting without any regard for their fellow man. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's been absolutely out of pocket and I don't understand it at all. Like it's, I don't either. Like I, I don't. And I'm lucky that where I'm working now that I'm having a knock on wood. You have very kind clientele, respectful clientele. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I know, like, you had mentioned that you are passionate about cultivating a positive work environment through training uh, while you're at Emmy mm -hmm. Squared. So um, are you getting the chance to train new staff members who are coming in and kind of teaching them levels of service and um, things of that nature? Because I know Emmy Squared is, is it a regional chain? Because um, I know they have uh, one in New York. Are there multiple locations? Yes, there's... Uh a few in Nashville, there's a few in DC. They're starting up to open up more in Atlanta. Um, there's three locations in New York and only one here. Um, and yeah, and since, you know, again, we're in a pandemic, some people don't want to work or people who have been in the industry have left to do other things. So we've been understaffed and most people that can find a hire are younger people with very little experience or we find veterans, I would say who are, um, what's the word to say? Um, getting back into the game after, uh, a long time away from being in the hospitality world. No, I, I kind of, I, I would say like, like a curmudgeon, you know, like they're just, you know, they're like, <laughs> I've been doing this Oh, don't tell me how to do my job because I've been doing this for a long time. 
Exactly. And okay. there and we've had we've had a couple of those come by to Emmy and they they've quickly left. But since I pretty much um train the new servers, I um uh, show them the stuff to service, obviously, and then just show them like, you know, just to be kind and like, you know, not have that toxic work environment come in, you know, like these are young kids. So I have the opportunity to, you know, train them and mold them into strong servers, which I really like. They're very lucky. I know, um, you know, I reflect back a lot on my first job as a server when I was 18, you know, started off as a hostess at uh, this Mexican restaurant in the Dallas suburbs and, you know, was able to go to switch to being a server when I turned 18 and even did, you know, some casual dining at a couple spots like throughout college. And then, you know, that post-college, what am I doing with my life? I don't know, but I'm going to wait tables for a year until I figure it out. And mm-hmm. to have been hired at this fancy pants fine dining restaurant by a manager who hired me for my my personality and my enthusiasm to train to have someone train me for the fine dining skills because it's mm-hmm. it's obviously a completely different ball game when you're doing fine dining versus casual dining but at the same time it's all about customer service and taking care of the guests and making sure that mm-hmm. you know no matter what the establishment is that the guests are enjoying their experience Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I know we do this to make good tips. And this might sound weird, but if you're in the mindset of like, or, or when people are like, so do you make good money here? To me, it's like, you're not going to last long. Like, you should be always thinking positive. Like, don't worry about the tip. Yeah, someone might not tip you on one check, but then the next one, someone's going to really take care of you. So I, every day, I don't care about the tips. I just care about giving good service. I think that's a great attitude to take because it can be, it's very disheartening when you bust your ass and you thought that you give, you know, someone incredible service and the tip line does not reflect <laughs> the service that you provided. And it's, it's very difficult to let that go sometimes. I mean, I still remember... I think it was like a 10 top. Um, so for our listeners, like a 10 top would b- refer to like a party of 10 people. Um, <laughs> the, the, the restaurant that I worked at in high school that, you know, we did not do automatic gratuity for large parties. And so I, I crushed it and did an amazing job with this party of 10. And I think I got like a dollar or two off of it. And this was 21 years ago. And <laughs> I'll never forget it because it's, it's, I think what, one of the things that a lot of people don't understand outside of the industry is not only are tips, the only money that you're earning because all of the kind of quote unquote paycheck is going to pay for the taxes, um, from your tips, but also all of the tipping out that we have to do to thank the bar staff, think the, um, the bussers, you know, every restaurant and bar is set up differently as, as far as the tip out goes. So I lost money on that particular table because I was responsible for still paying a percentage of that total check out to other people. 
that's why I, whenever people tell me stories of like, oh, I got the worst service ever. I didn't leave a tip that I, I always, I try and choose my words carefully. <laughs> How to say that's really not okay. I think you're better off, you know, speaking to a manager or doing, it depends on the nature of the situation. Um, but I, it, it hurts me when people do that. Yeah. But that's why I like having a pulled house, mm-hmm. which is what we do in Emmy. And because we're all doing this, we're all helping each other out. We're all working. It's hard. And it, it just works out having a pulled house. Oh, so to uh, explain that for our listeners, that's just where everybody's tips that they earn throughout a shift or a day are pulled into one pool and then dispersed evenly throughout everyone who worked that particular shift or that particular day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm going to safely assume you're out there hustling because uh, you had mentioned um, Wildebeest. Can, can you enlighten me yeah. on this nickname? Will da be? Yes. So uh, it started with the bartender Rashid at Emmy Squared. So it's I work downstairs. I don't work on the rooftop. Uh, by the way, we have a rooftop. If no one doesn't know at Emmy Squared. Um, <laughs> but I mainly work downstairs because it's finer. It's more fine dining, um, and I just prefer it. But um, we're very a cocktail heavy place, and it's just me and a bartender. We don't have support staff. We, it's just, and obviously the managers help us. Anyways, it's a 12 tables that we have. And I need the bartender to be making drinks. And while the managers would rather have them take a table or two, I was like, no, I need you back there. So I take all those 12 tables and, and I hustle. And that is a well-deserved so, nickname for 12 tables. That is a very large section where... Depending yeah. on, on the restaurant, um, you know, a server might have anywhere from like three to six tables. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if having a 12 table section or like all the tables in a restaurant, I, you can tell when that's happening in other places because you can see the server just hustling because maybe they have an entire outdoor section or maybe, oh, I, y'all are amazing. I, <laughs> Well, yeah. that beast. So, so, so the cock, so the bartender yeah. Rashid is making the cocktails while you are crushing it, taking care of these twelve tables. Mm-hmm. Because also, you know, he has to. They have, the bartender has to do all the glassware, polish, and take a, take care of their bar guests. So, like, it's a lot of work for both of us, and it just makes more sense for me to just take all the tables, and I do. <laughs> and it makes sense too, because so, and, and again with like the tip sharing. Um, like the more tables that you have, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're, you know, taking tips away from another server, um, you know, taking over that table. So. Yeah, no. And like, it'll get to a point where he'll back, well, the bartender will back serve me Rashid or wherever else. And it, it just all works out. As long as we communicate and hustle, it all works out. What's your favorite cocktail that you have on your menu right now? Ooh. Um, I mean, if it's sweet, it's just really underrated. It's the Velvet Dreams. There's rum, uh, um, lime juice, a little creme de violette, and I can't pronounce the other liqueur. It's a rum with, um, with like lime and other spices. Um, it's a delicious drink, even though it's 
sweet for my taste. It's so good and it looks pretty. Okay. All right. All right. And for our listeners out there, Emmy squared also does gluten-free pizza. So, um, super exciting. We've definitely ordered times. And it's not cauliflower. It's like legit gluten-free dough that we make. And it's amazing. The only thing that is a bummer for me is I think you also put dairy inside the gluten-free crust. And so I just have to be careful with that. Yes. The pans are lined with buttered, but we can do, we can do any pizza with no cheese. If you eat no cheese. Just not on a busy Saturday night when you're trying to order delivery. (laughs) (laughs) Has that happened to you? Oh yeah. It's uh. (laughs) If Bob will say, okay, I'm in the mood for pizza and oftentimes, which it makes perfect sense that on a app like caviar or something like that, that, um, restaurants will turn off the ability to make any, um, alterations. So any like special requests Mm -hmm. or anything like that, that I, I totally get it. It's, you know, especially now where we've been at full capacity at restaurants since, you know, the beginning of the summer that. I'm, I'm happy for, you know, those staff who are fully vaccinated and able to like bring in vaccinated patrons and make that money in person. And the problem is it's like, we'll, we'll still do delivery from time to time, but we just have to pick our battles. Right. Right. Our delivery is insane and Emmy squared. I mean, it makes sense because you are a pizza place. So, um, and that and that would happen a yeah. lot during like during this time frame that you know with all my crazy dietary restrictions it's you know a lengthy discussion sometimes with Bob about what we're going to order and so it's so <laughs> I, it's it's only crazy frustrating when we finally get to a point where we agree on a restaurant and the second you go on there they've sh- either they've shut off their online ordering or there's been times where in inclement weather, they will completely shut down delivery for all the, like for everywhere and you can't even do anything. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, you just figure you're, out. You're just gluten and. Gluten and lactose intolerant. Yeah. And then um, That's what... really try and avoid garlic and onions as much as I can. And like all the other high in FODMAP right. foods. Yeah. Okay. It's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> but you do eat meat though, right? I do. I I would not be able to okay. handle a vegan or vegetarian diet based on how limited my diet has to be. You already. Right. So, right. Yeah, I make it work. I mean, and that's the nice thing about being able to cook from home. And back in December, they opened up the South Philly Food Co-op close by so that's been a godsend and i do a um csa community supported agriculture for the last five or six years and so you know i i definitely make it work and it's just rolling the dice when you're ordering food and so that that is one of the many benefits of being able to go into a restaurant and having a conversation with your server your bartender about okay what because a lot of times the ingredients that are used in a dish aren't necessarily all listed out. 
So, well, do you, do you do a lot of cooking at home? And uh, now that you're living by yourself, I think you mentioned Actually, you, you eat a lot of salads now. Yeah, from work because it's free and um, <laughs> it's healthy for you. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I've had my friends over once for dinner, but um, I miss that camaraderie of like, you know, someone coming downstairs and be like, hey, are you hungry? Should we like order delivery? Should we go out? Should we cook? You know? I do, I do miss that a lot, but don't get me wrong. I, I do like living alone, but, um, I just miss that camaraderie. I, I totally feel you when I, I always loved having roommates until I started working in beer sales. And mm-hmm. the second I started doing that, I'm like, nope, shut it down. I've been talking all day to all the people <laughs> <Beer festivals laughs> all weekend. I, I just want to crawl into my room and not talk to anybody. So by the by the time Bob and I would move in together, I'm like, you're the only person that I am okay talking to when I have to talk to everybody all day long. So <laughs> you know, as a fellow person in the hospitality industry, I'm sure you probably appreciate some alone time as well. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I see a lot of people all week long. You just need to decompress. <laughs> Yeah. So we have talked a lot about some of our favorite spots that we love um, visiting around Philadelphia. Um, tell me about, you know, your favorite venue. Where do, where do you love to go? Right now, I've been obsessed with the Le, Le Corvue. I'm going to butcher the word, but... Um, <laughs> it's because it's, it's in French, w- not in uh, Spanish, right? Spanish, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the wine bar above Good King. And it's just very, just it's just lovely. Like it's just good atmosphere, delicious wine, fancy hot dogs. Just can't go wrong with that. Yeah, we only got to make it in there the one time uh, pre-pandemic because I don't think the they had been open that long before March mm-hmm. of 2020. Um, and then I thought they did such a good job. Maybe I, I want to say it was like around the holidays last year that they turned the downstairs into a bottle shop and so like good king tavern the inside like since they couldn't do indoor dining uh turned it into a bottle shop and they were even selling little kits of how to make your own um mold spice wine and you oh, know, wow. throw it in the slow cooker so i ended up picking up a couple they were even serving samples so i picked up a couple <laughs> <laughs> a couple of those sets so i'm curious to see what they what they do for this year um because i know i i guess all of it's back open right yeah yeah pretty much so you're doing indoor dining you can set the bar good king um you do have to show your vaccination card fyi um but yeah they're they're killing over there they're great i need it's to get back delicious. in there thank you for the reminder yeah because i mean that's your neighborhood and so i always we always forget about the spots outside of our neighborhood. So it's yeah. I love the reminder. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Will, will you please let our listeners know uh, how they can follow you? Um, I'm on Instagram as the Will M1983. Uh, or no, I'm sorry. It's Will M1983. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, that's mainly the app that I use for social media. Are you going to switch it to Will the Beast? Oh my God, that's a good <laughs> idea. I just think it's such a great Instagram <laughs> handle. <laughs> yeah, maybe I will maybe it's already. It to I hope these. it's not already taken, but I, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think that should be your new Instagram handle. <laughs> That's such a great idea. Thank you for that. <laughs> ah, well, to be a thank you, I I really appreciate you having this conversation with me today. 
And listeners, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Please follow Beyond the Venue podcast on Instagram and check out all of our episodes on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Enjoy the rest of your day.